You know, the 1980s weren't always like John Hughes movies. They were dirty, grimy. So it's no wonder that mutants were created in the New York City underground. This is Chud. Video Store Baseland. Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Store Wasteland. I am your host, as always, Brian, and I thank you once again for joining me here in the Wasteland. And like I mentioned in our little intro, we are talking about the 1984 movie Chud. And uh, to start something different, what we're going to do, uh, or what I'm going to do, not we, there's only one person here, uh, what I'm going to do is we're going to read the uh, IMDb synopsis of this movie just so we get a little rundown of what it is before we start doing what we always do here in the wasteland so the synopsis goes a bizarre series of sudden disappearances on the streets of new york city seems to point towards something unsavory living in the sewers that was a lot of s sounds uh but there you go that's the general like synopsis what we're going through for the movie chud so as always, like we do here in the Wasteland, we're going to go ahead and look at the movies that came out in the year 1984. Let's go ahead and get right into that. This is just the beginning. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start with the top grossing movies that came out in 1984. And number one, we're looking at Beverly Hills Cop, followed by Ghostbusters. Are you the key master? Not that I know of. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Gremlins, which is one of my personal favorite movies of all time, fantastic movie. We'll get to it when Christmas time comes because it's a Christmas movie. Why would we do it now? Uh, the Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose. Just do what I do. Help them out, then angry Footloose dance out your frustrations. Romancing the Stone, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. I almost said something else there. <laughs> and then Splash, which is the Tom Hanks movie with, uh, is it Daryl Hannah? I think is the woman who plays the uh, mermaid in that movie. And there we go. So that's the top grossing movies of that year. As you can see, Like, there's a lot of movies there that still continue on uh, and hold strong and kind of carry through to our modern age. Because obviously you, they made another Ghostbusters movie last year. And, uh, you know, there's, Cobra Kai, which is a continuation of the Karate Kid stories. Uh, in that year, 1984, for top awarded movies and movies that got the most recognition, we're looking at Amadeus, which is the story of, you know, Amadeus, the composer. Uh, so there you go. That's the one that won most of the awards that year. And other movies that we're looking at in the year 1984 are things like Firestarter, which is a Drew Barrymore movie. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one came out that year. We got 16 Candles, which it was John Hughes' first movie. I mentioned John Hughes in the intro to this episode. We have Red Dawn, The Natural, which is a baseball movie. We'll get, get to that eventually because, you know, this isn't a baseball podcast. It's a baseball movie podcast. <laughs> uh, the Toxic Avenger, and then Friday the 13th, Part 4, The Final Chapter. Uh, it's only fitting that, uh, you know, that we just did Friday the 13th last week. And, uh, you know, we we're mentioning it, uh, one of the sequels now. Uh, and other t movies that year that I want to mention came out that year were like Top Secret, which is a Zucker Brothers movie. Uh, Dune, 
David Lynch version came out that year. If you want to go get confused, go watch that. Uh, Dune is great. I love Dune, like uh, the book. Still working my way through it, but I love what I've read so far. I like the movie that came out one uh, with Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. And uh, the other thing I want to mention that did come out that year is called Caravan of Courage, an Ewok story or Ewok adventure. So if you are already tired of all these Star Wars spinoffs, just know that uh, it's not a recent event. As soon as Star Wars dropped, they try to make as many Star Wars stories as they wanted or they could. And, uh, you know, bada bing, bada boom, you got an Ewok story. Uh, so that's what we're looking at in terms of 1984 movies and get a general sense of what people were tr going to the movie theater for. Uh, for specifically the reason I chose Chud, I'm going to try to do that, why I chose this movie, or movies in general. Chud gets mentioned a lot. That's specifically where I saw it mentioned where I'm like, hey, you might as well do something about it. It was in the Rick and Morty episode from season five. Uh, I think it was episode three of this season, season five. <laughs> but, you know, this is this little, you know, I'll just play a little sound clip of why I, I, I chose it. It's it's fantastic. Let's do this. Chuddly duddly ho ho ho! It also seems like that type of movie that you would rent from a video store, but uh, you know we'll get to that later on when we talk about the movie. But you know it seems cool to me. Uh, so now that we got the movies that from 1984 out of the way, there we're gonna go ahead and go to where we always go after this as uh, the cast and crew of Chud. And that's when the Chuds came at me. Uh -huh. Of course you'll have a bad impression of New York if you only focus on the pimps and the chuds. Okay, so uh, cast and crew we're looking at here is uh, starting off with, we're just going to mention a couple because this is a very smaller movie. But I mean, smaller movie, it's not like it's a ensemble cast of like 10 different people doing the movie all together. It's a sm movie with like, four or five main actors in it that are actually pushing the narrative forward. We have John Hurd, who plays George Cooper. And the other movies he was in was like in Big, he was in Big, 1988. He was in Home Alone, Home Alone 2. He's actually the dad in Home Alone. So there you go. If you ever, you know, he's, go, go blame him for what happened to Kevin McAllister. Uh, he was in White Chicks, and he was also a guest star in The Sopranos, which is a, is a fantastic movie. Go ahead and watch it. I don't know why I'm doing accents. It's it's late. Late. I mean, I'm recording this at like two in the morning because I just watched it. I got off work and I got off work early, and I decided to watch the movie and record for you guys. Might as well, right? Then we have David Stern who plays A.J. Shepard, who is uh, A.K.A. the Reverend, and uh, David Stern also in Home Alone and Home Alone Two. He's one of the wet bandits. Uh, he was in City Slickers, and he was in Rookie of the Year, which he directed as well. So, you have a little connection there. John Hurd, David Stern, they were both in the Home Alone movies. Uh, so, weird that they worked on this, and then they later on worked on Home Alone together. And we have Christopher Curry, who plays Captain Bosch. He was in Starship Troopers. He plays Rico's dad. If you haven't seen Starship Troopers, I highly, 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 highly recommend it. I can't 
say enough about Paul Verhoeven. The man is a genius and just knows how to work narrative to to what he wants. Verhoeven did, uh, you know, RoboCop. He did the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger on the Mars. Total Recall, uh, you know, and Starship Troopers. But, you know, Christopher Curry, who plays Captain Bosch, was also in Star Trek Voyager, an episode from 1999 titled 1159. You know, this show, I will always mention when somebody worked on Star Trek because that show in general is so vast and large-reaching that there are a number of people across every iteration of the show that have worked on it. So there you go. And we have Kim uh, Greist, who plays Lauren Daniels, who is the girlfriend of the photographer. That is, uh, she was also in Brazil in 1985, uh, Homeward Bound, Incredible Journey in 1993, and Manhunter, the Michael McMahon movie from 1986. So they were looking for the cast, you know. Uh, and that sense like these are people who are starting in, out in their careers in this one because this movie came out in 1984 and all these other movies that later on that you know them from come after that obviously uh so we're going on with the crew uh we're looking at the director now douglas cheek not really known for anything else other than this maybe claustrophobia from 2011 writers uh parnell hall and who did the screenplay and shepherd abbott who did the story Parnell Hall is more of a novelist, so we don't really have anything else that, in terms of movie-wise, that he's done, really. So we're looking at that. Then we have Peter Stein, the cinematographer, who did Pet Cemetery from 1989, Necessary Roughness, that looks like a uh, football movie from 1991, Mr. Nanny, which is a Hogan movie, came out in 1993, and he did Friday the 13th Part 2, so there we go. Another uh, Friday the 13th movie mentioned in this one. This is so weird. Like, uh, I go through these movies and then how interconnected the ones that I have chosen so far are into each other. It's it's interesting how the universe works that way, man. It's really, like, interconnected to the point where, like, small little things that you choose, like, really connect you to other people, man. Uh, not to get all hippy-dippy on you guys, but, you know, that's how it is, dude. Uh, editor on this one is Claire Simpson, who worked on Platoon, 1986, and Wall Street, 1987, which are Oliver Stone movies. She also worked on Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which is a 9-11 movie, came out in 2011 with uh, Tom Hanks was in that one. And she also worked on House of Gucci, which I never saw, but I heard it was awful. <laughs> Um, and we have David A. Hughes and Martin Cooper who composed the music for this movie and they composed another Hughes Cooper. Uh, you know, there was a team, they're a team of composers who put it together. I think they were like in a British like alt group or something in the 80s. So there you go. That's what uh, that is going on there. Um, so just so you get a sen general sense of what's, what's doing it. This is the people who made the movie really weren't doing anything before or after this movie and that leads into the fact that the movie didn't really do well and it, it and it really does fall into like i guess the category of b movie if we're really gonna go ahead and label things on here and i guess this is the podcast to label movies for but we're 
you know, B movie. There you go. This is what this movie really is. Because, uh, you know what? Let's just go ahead into uh, talking about the movie before I say anything else. Actually, you know what? Before we do that, I forgot to mention this because this is stuff that I want to be doing more. 1984. Let's go ahead and talk about the year a little bit more before we get into the movie. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and do what, what I like doing because I'm a big sports fan. And then that year it was Super Bowl. Uh, it was the Los Angeles Raiders versus the Washington. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Where the Raiders won 38-9 to against the Washington Name Redacteds. The World Series that year was the Detroit Lions versus the San Diego Padres. And I'm sorry... Sorry, sorry, my friend, my friend Cato, huge Padres fan because he's from San Diego. Uh, but, but I think that may have been one of your only World Series appearances and you lost to the Tigers four to one or four games to one on that one. Uh, that year also Donald Sterling, if you're a basketball fan, he was the commissioner at the time. Donald Sterling, oh no, the owner of the Clippers. He moved the Clippers from San Diego to Los Angeles. And personally, as a Lakers fan, the Clippers should take themselves right back to San Diego and leave Los Angeles alone. You have no... You know what? Let's just leave it there. Go back to San Diego. Uh, then we got that year as well in the NBA. The Boston Celtics beat the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers four games to three for the championship for the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Is what, that's what the name of the trophy is in, uh, in the NBA. I'm trying not to seethe with rage in the thought that the Boston Celtics beat the Lakers, but it happened, unfortunately. And that year in the Stanley Cup, which is the NHL, um, the Edmonton Oilers beat the old New York Islanders 4-1 to in games. That year, well, it's the 80s, so obviously Ronald Reagan was president. That year also was the year that Apple aired their famous 1984 commercial, the one where the woman runs down the hall of people who are watching a screen and throws something at it to, you know, think different. That's where that whole thing comes from. That year as well is uh, when Purple Rain was released, the album. So here you go. That's what people were listening to. Tetris had been released. So that's what people were playing in uh, arcades was Tetris. So you'd go to uh, watch the movie. Then you go hang out with your friends at the arcade, play some Tetris. That year as well was the first year that Alex Trebek was the host of Jeopardy. Suck it, Trebek. <laughs> and as well, I'm just going to put this out there, is the year that crack cocaine was introduced to Los Angeles and the start of... AIDS! I hope you enjoyed that uh, soundbite from Hollywood legend Richard Evans. I do too. Because it is Richard Evans, Hollywood legend. If you get the joke, you get the joke. If you don't, who cares, right? Just move on with your life. Let's go ahead and uh, go on to the discussion of the movie. I mean, come on, I just don't see a problem here. Let's just do it. All right, so Chud, which off the bat, fantastic name. So reasons I, you know, again reasons I went for it and the reasons why I think it fits really perfectly into that whole video store vibe thing that I'm trying to go for here is that A, it's not a high-budgeted movie. It's a, you know, hor it is a horror movie, really. 
although it's not really that scary in the sense that we would mention now in the, in modern day, because everything evolves, and so do movies and horror movies back from the eighties, especially creature features, which. No, I'm I'm gonna do a episode event uh soon about genre. You know, I'll just go through when because there's a lot of words that I use here. Like, uh, uh, creature features is 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 that's a genre in of itself. You have sci-fi horrors, psychological horror, psychological thrillers. We have uh, techno thrillers, stuff like that. And that's that's uh really I that's the stuff that I like enjoy like like explaining as much as I love movies I love explaining that stuff because it gets you a better understanding of what movies are in general but this movie is more of a creature feature so that means these the chud which stands for cannibalistic human underground dweller yeah cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller that's what chud stands for uh oh and since we're here, I might as well just go ahead and say spoilers with the red alert. <coughs> yeah, yeah, so that's what that stands for. And uh, in the movie later on, you see that it really what it also stands for is contamination hazard urban disposal, which is how these creatures were created. So basically, these chud, the chud themselves, not the chud like from Rick and Morty, which were horse people that lived underground. Uh, Chud in this movie were uh, just like homeless people that lived underground because the whole movie takes place in New York City. So you know New York City has a big homeless problem. So it is every other major city in the United States. We're a third world country with a Gucci belt, basically. And if you needed to know that, you would just need to see a picture from Ronald Reagan in the 80s where he's legitimately wearing a Gucci belt when he'd taken a trip to Africa. Yay, yay. I mean, I really try not to get too political in this in this thing, but like, I I let my mouth run a lot. <laughs> uh, but uh, this movie, like that, like I mentioned, creature feature from the nineteen eighties. I'm trying to get my mind back on track. There goes my ADD, ADHD, whatever the hell is. If you're a doctor, you're gonna have to uh, diagnose me. When I can't stop fiddling, I just takes me riddling. I'm puffing and sailing, man. Contamination hazard, urban disposal. There you go, Chud. But because so that goes under the NRC, which is Nuclear Regulatory Commission, and in this movie, would it, it has a lot to do with those themes of like urban disposal or disposable of certain hazardous material and I'm not too knowledgeable about what was going on back in the 1980s in terms of that but we should know that that was the height of the Cold War so nuclear material was being transported all over the place in this country and uh, what they were doing was just getting rid of it or what they as in the EPA the Environmental Protection Agency in the 1980s or in the 1980s of this movie were disposing of those hazardous materials underneath uh, New York City. I'm not sure if they mention what borough of New York they were in, but you know they were releasing it in New York City. Because of that, these uh, they don't really, really explain if it was homeless people who were living under the street that got turned into these creatures or anything like that. But uh, 
David Stern, Daniel Stern's character of the Revenant, Reverend. He takes care of the homeless people, homeless population there, and there's some of them that he says live underground. And those are going to be the people that turn into the Chud. There you go. That's how the Chud were created. I found my, uh, you know, train of thought. I got back on it. So that's sort of the world that it is going for in this movie. It is, like like, and I always mention this, movies were completely different. There's different narrative styles that, evolve through 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 the ages like as much as i like uh you know like things like friday the 13th or nightmare on elm street those movies are really slow compared to like movies that come out now in terms of horror movies like nightmare on elm street as fantastic of a movie it is it is slow as hell compared to like it follows and it follows is still slow and deliberate but that it goes goes as soon as you know what you go ahead and watch it follows fantastic movie but in Chud, that's the world that they're trying trying to create. And, you know, it, it works to a certain extent, mostly because uh, most of the movie is just laying down the groundworks of that mystery of them. And since it is a lower-budgeted movie, they go, like, the Jaws route. And if you don't know too much of, like, Jaws from 1975, Spielberg's, you know, the blockbuster that cr- that helped create blockbusters. In that movie, they don't show the shark that often, and in Chud, they don't really show the Chud that often because I think the budget was less than two million dollars. No, it was about five million dollars in, uh, or no, yeah, it was less than two million dollars in, in nineteen eighty four money. So they didn't really have enough or a lot of room to play with in terms of showing these creatures but what they did show is sufficient enough because you get the point of what these chud are uh and it leaves up everything until like the end being like 20 minutes of the movie that's where you see most of the chud so all the way up until like the last 20 30 minutes of the movie is just human mystery of it because a the photographer who is played by George, who is George Cooper, who is played by, <laughs> I know I messed up there. Who's played by John Hurd, who is the dad from Home Alone. Um, he is like tasked with just trying to, or he wants to take pictures of this of these things, and he works with a news reporter to you know write the story of the underground dwelling people, just the homeless people there, and then. You, you you get that sense of mystery at the beginning because there's phone calls in exchange between these two people uh, to further along the narrative that we're going on because the movie starts straight off the bat with the kill. Uh, so there you go. That's what, you know, it hooks you in with that. Uh, with You just see the Chud's hands and that's the first time you see anything. And, and the design, I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the design of the Chud. It looks cool because... It, it uh, they're like deformed humans that almost look vampiric in a sense, and you get the f- fact that, that that a lot of it may have been influenced by the Time Machine movie, which the Time Machine is a s- book written by H.G. Wells, who is one of my favorite authors, just flat out, and 
Time Machine is a fantastic, fantastic story. And in that one is, um, you know, someone gets sent into, the f or someone goes into the future and humanity has evolved into two factions, the Eloy and the Murlocs. Eloy being more human-like, docile creatures that live on the surface, the Murlocs that live underneath. And it's a whole thing about, uh, it's an allegory about the class divide in England. So the Eloy are the rich and the Murloc were the poor that worked in the factories that uh, became ugly creatures of underneath. And that's sort of what is the things that play off in Chud, too. Because uh, there's the people who live up, up uh, on the streets, and then there's the homeless that live underground, the undergrounders in this movie. So it's, like, very influenced by that. And I don't know if it was directly influenced by, by uh, the Time Machine story, but it it does sort of follow into that. And if we're going to really read into this movie too much, because I guarantee you they weren't trying to make anything too uh, philosophical in this movie, man. Uh, but that's what we're going to look at. Like, is this movie really about class divide in New York City? Uh, or is it just a movie we're showing crazy monsters? I think it's a movie about both. But I digress. So there's that dynamic there, like I was mentioning. And in this whole, like, story that leads them to it, like, it's just a mystery. It's, it just continue, continues going. And I don't know if it was on purpose that that kind of makes sense that the movie wasn't really re well received at the time in, the in 1984, but it has since then garnered a cult following maybe it was a little bit ahead of his time I don't know really but it uh, it's just one of those those movies I think that could say a lot in in terms of what societal societal differences could be and then there we go again just like reading more into the movie the fuck do you always have like two good-looking girls who want you? You're the most hideous fucking chud I've ever met, and you always have a pair of girls fighting over you. It's, I think that is really interesting, and in it is that uh, how interconnected all the characters are, as much as like they're both on separate sides. Because then you have Daniel Stern on one side with the police captain you know, working their side. And the police captain just wants to find out about the disappearances because the first person who disappears is his wife. So there you go. He's, he, has a, he has an emotional attachment already into what's going on. He wants to know what happened to his wife. And on the other side, we have uh, the character played by John Hurd, who's a photographer, who's working with the news reporter, to uncover the mystery of the dis of the people who live underneath uh, the city, and altogether, it's about the disappearances. So, there you go is the groundwork of it. But somehow, it's it like loops back into each other. Or everybody's stories loops back into each other until they converge at the end. Because at a certain point after the captain, police captain and Daniel Stern go to talk to the guys at the police commissioner and the NR, 
NRC, which is, again, Nuclear Regulatory Commission in uh, New York City. Then they go off their se separate ways to try to do it themselves because people at the government aren't really uh, cooperating. And, and maybe this movie feeds off that, uh, you know, the attitudes of not trusting the government, which I, I at that point, if, if you had proof of some sort of government cover-up like Daniel Stern's character has in this movie, you know, it's uh, understandable that uh, what's, what's going on there in the narrative. I personally think that this movie, while they may not have it had the intentions of saying a lot, uh, because of the way people think in terms of people like critically minded uh, film buffs, so like cinephiles, uh, as much as uh, that word sounds weird to me, and someone called me that a cinephile recent recently, and I'm like, I mean, I just I just love movies, you know, it's just just who I am. I guess, yeah, cinephiles, it just sounds a little pretentious to me, man, but, like, to each their own. I, I may I may be a little too hippie for my own good, but, hey, you know what? I love it. I love I love myself for being being who I am. Um, in this movie, Chud really, like, like, I had no, no reference point for it at all before watching it legitimately the only things I knew from it were, were from Rick and Morty and I guess the the movie does get referenced in uh, Clerks 2 which you know it would make sense because it is a Kevin Smith movie and he's really referential like that he's also a cinephile man so like truthfully I do have a pair of jorts and a hockey jersey that uh, <laughs> I I wear every once in a while, not not just to cosplay as Kevin Kevin Smith, but you know, it's comfortable. Shorts are comfortable, uh, but it's also like mentioned in, in things like Aquatine, Hunger Force, Archer, uh, The Simpsons. Orlax, Chuds, Mole people. There is no escape from the fortress of the moles. No, except that. And like I said before, Rick and Morty. Uh, and, and I guess it was a heavy inspiration for Jordan Peele uh, in his 2019 movie Us. And in the beginning opening shots of the movie, I believe uh, you see a copy of Chud on VHS. So there you go. Like it, it's a movie that's held its own place in the general film world, uh, and it continues to live on as that cult classic. There's really not much to be said, I think, about the narrative of the movie because it's really simplistic. Like, yeah, it's a mystery from beginning to end. Uh, oh, oh, something that I noticed that I really actually, you know, go ahead before I forget everything and call it a day here, but. The ending scene where the girlfriend, which is the model played by Kim Greist, Greist, yeah, Kim Greist, um, who plays Lauren Daniels, uh, sh 
she likes taking a shower, which, and again, when she's taking that shower, it has echoes of Psycho. So you, if you've seen Psycho, you're like, oh, something's gotta happen here, because as soon as that happens, the soundtrack starts getting weird. And oh, soundtrack in this in this one sounds a lot like It Follows. So I'm just curious if the guy who wrote the music for It Follows was taking cues from here, you know, but. Uh, that whole that whole sequence, you know, she's like in the shower, then she gets splurted with blood, and uh, it's like interspliced with her. Then you see what's happening with uh, Daniel Stern's character and the dad from Home Alone underneath the sewers, and, and it's all connected. But in, in the apartment with uh, with the model, uh, one of the chud comes through the basement and attacks her, and it has like a little reminiscence. Uh, or it reminded me a lot of the the raptors in the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park, which that scene alone should sell the movie for anybody because it's a fantastic scene. Uh, but it, it it's like that, and even like the creature has some weird like sounds that that like sound like that. But uh, it's cool as fuck, man. And uh, yeah, this is what I got from the movie. It's it's it's. It's definitely something that I I'll, I'll just go ahead and I'll recommend. Uh, so if we're gonna get to that part of the show, <laughs> the recommendations, I do I do I do recommend Chud. I enjoyed it a lot, you know. Even as much as much as I, I'm tired as hell, you know, watching it because I am watching it after work, and I work in a warehouse that is very physically demanding, and I still like sat here and watched the whole movie. My body may have been dead tired and the sleep of my mind was all engaged in this movie, man. Um, go, yeah, I, I'll watch, go ahead and say watch it. I watched it on Amazon Prime. I don't know where else it's available at. So uh, there you go, man. Chud. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I would say it's called, uh, call it a great movie, but it is a good movie. Go ahead and put it on. This is a movie where you get together with your, your buddies when when someone says, hey, put on something obscure, man. And as as obscure as it could be, this this is cool. But uh yeah. Yeah, Chud. I enjoyed it. I think I think you would too. So uh as always, I am your host Brian. Thank you guys for listening. I love you guys. And I hope to see you once again here in the Wasteland.